0: Hey, this is H1, and we're about to be running it back with another episode with H1. Here I go. Today, we are going to be delivering the chess knowledge, the chess wisdom, chess understanding. Your boy is here. And we are going to be talking about the pressures in chess, the specific types of pressures, especially the pressure that I've experienced during my chess career. I know a lot of chess, chess masters, grandmasters, everybody, whoever been to a chess tournament, you experience just be under the pressure. It might be trying to get first place or even trying to get third place. You experience the pressure of needing to win a game and just wanting to win a game. I've I even experienced. A different type of pressure of losing all my games and then my last round I just wanted to get one win just one win to make myself feel good because I was outclassed by everybody this subject comes in different forms different ways that you in me can't even comprehend but we're all human and All I can talk about is my experiences. So sit back, relax, eat some chips and salsa, and enjoy this episode. And before we get into the segment, please, please follow my Instagram. You know what I mean? Follow me, message me. I will message you back. I message everybody back. Follow me on Instagram. It's H1Chess. I got a Facebook group called Chess Knowledge with H1, and that's popping too that's popping too TTC is in there P money's in there and it's it's been growing over the over the past months I'm really proud of it it's little but small is good we can all learn together and then I wanted to plug in my YouTube channel man my YouTube channel I've been I've been working so hard on it it's been insane. Just juggling everything, but I, I can do it, and I'm proud that I can get the YouTube going. Keep on doing these podcast episodes, which this is my baby. I'm gonna definitely keep on doing this, and but I have a specific goal on my YouTube to get to a thousand subscribers, and hopefully, I can hit it. Uh, about my goal is to the end of the year, but we'll see. We'll see. You never know how it goes. But anyway, I know you're ready. You don't want to just hear H1 rambling on about nonsense. You want to get to that chess knowledge. You know what I mean? You want to get to it. So, let's begin. (laughs) Okay. Hey, welcome. I'm glad that you can be here as H1 talk about H1's life. (laughs) But before I talk about that, I just like to say we all get anxious. We get nervous over simple things. And chess can be the same way depending on the environment, depending on the situation. So just admit it. I know everybody wants to play a perfect perfect move, but you have to admit this to yourself, that we're all human. And humans go through this one thing. Can you guess it? Can you guess it for h one? All humans go through emotions. And the emotions don't stop when you're playing a chess game. You're not a robot. It doesn't just stop. You can't just think about moves logically. No, you have to deal with your emotions during the chess game. And it might be different from every other person, but it's kind of the same. Let me explain. As a beginner, I, I used to be worried. I, I used to not think about the opening at all but I knew how to develop my pieces. But I will always get nervous playing tougher opponents, opponents that I knew would demolish me 10-0, no matter what. And, you know, you just have to deal with these emotions one way or another. You can't run away from it. You just have to deal with it straight on and figure out ways how you can get around it. But I want to tell you my experience in a chess game so that it can comfort you in thinking, hey, H1 feels like this, so I can feel like this too. So this is my present. Um, This is my present thinking on when I'm in a chess game. So usually, I experience a little bit of excitement every, every chess game in the beginning. I'm just all pumped up, ready for it. It's time to go. Let's throw out my D4 move. Hopefully I can get my opening. Hopefully I can get my Catalan going. And I'm really excited. I'm pumped up. I got my water. some sun, Sunflower seeds. I'm just playing. Don't bring sunflower seeds. But I'm ready to get a win. I'm confident that I'm going to try my best on every single move. And I don't know, that excitement, that adrenaline rush in the beginning is pretty cool. I don't know if anybody else gets that, but I know I know I do. Then, depending on the opening, I get... I can either feel nervous or comfortable. I can get nervous because my opponent could play a sideline. <clears throat> Gotta clear the throat, <clears> throat as H1. And a sideline is basically an opening it's a it's still an opening theory but it's basically a move that isn't played as much as the main line people online like playing sidelines all the time and it always makes me nervous because you don't our brains can only remember so much and as a husband And a father, I don't have time to be remembering all the sidelines and every variation. And I say that in the beginning, you don't want to remember openings or memorize openings under 1,600. And just to tell you online, I'm, I'm around about 2,000. And it's getting to a point where it's crucial for me to know openings. Yeah. So I need to catch back up, but it is hard working 10 hours a day and having a family. I do get nervous when my opponent plays something that is unusual, but I think about it as Bobby Fisher does or as any other older player. They was able to work out positions and study them and just find the solution on the board. Now, if I can think like them, then I can play these uncomfortable positions. I don't have to be nervous. But that is just an emotion that I feel every single time. Uh, It takes my breath away, pretty much. And I don't feel comfortable. Now, when I do get a comfortable opening that I like playing, which... If you watch my YouTube channel, I love playing the Catalan. It gives me so much activity. It gives me life in my in my life. It gives me joy in my life. Just seeing the peace activity. Sacrificing a pawn sometimes. King already castled. <clears throat> my opponent, King, is still not castled. It's an amazing opening. But I hate when my opponent surprises me. I hate surprises as H1. I like to know everything so that I can predict the future. Like pretty much what every chess player probably has said in their lifetime. <laughs> but I hate surprises because I can't stop my brain from doing panic mode, which you do at. certain time it might not be in the opening it might not even be in the middle game but you might go into panic mode in the end game and then start messing up and doing all these inaccurate moves and i hate that but i realize that for you to deal with surprises or and this can compare to your own life to deal with unusual circumstances the things that rise up, you just have to take a second, breathe, and be logical about the situation. Because it's not the end of the world yet. The your, Back to chess, your opponent just surprised you. That move that your opponent surprised you with, it could be a terrible move it could be not even a playable opening. But you don't know, and you're going into this unknown forest. And that's the scary part. But you just gotta dive right on in. And as H1, I will tell you to always go forward and make sure that you get the dub at the end. But let's get to the rest of the game of my thought process right quick. Usually after the opening, during the middle game, I usually feel... Overwhelmed by the possibilities of a chess game. And maybe a sort of uneasy about my ideas. And I only feel like this because I have a family, so my preparation really sucks. And when you don't have good preparation in a chess game, it really damages your confidence. So I would definitely tell you to be prepared, not only for the opening ideas, but for the middle game ideas too, knowing what you should do in certain positions. You should know what you should be doing after each opening that you're playing. And in some of the variations in some of the openings, I do know what I'm doing, but maybe you're just now learning that opening or you're learning a different opening that you know nothing about and you're basing your moves off of other grandmaster moves that could win or could lose. There's so many different situations that can make... There's so many different situations that can just boggle your mind sometimes. And it's insane how beautiful chess really is. Because there are some positions. There's not just one right move. There's multiple good moves. Multiple good moves. I remember when I was studying the Rory Lopez a long time ago, and I was looking up computer moves, what I could do next to get out of what everybody else have already played. And there were In one variation that I was looking up, there were 10 good possibilities that the computer was like, this is completely fine. You get a plus one if you... Not one, but a plus 0.1. If you do this, you get a 0.2. If you get this. And... Usually when you're thinking about these moves, you you think about, oh, snap, I should do the move that I feel comfortable with playing or I should do the move that my opponent don't know anything about. And I know more than them now, since this move has never been played in the Grandmaster level. So they can't search it. And you got them out of the book. You got them out of the opening book. Chess can be so, so strategic sometimes. It's insane. Now, after the middle game, I do feel uneasy about my ideas sometimes, but I still play the moves that I think are the best. You always have to go for the best moves, even though you might be flowing with these emotions about not being sure if you're playing the best move. This is why you don't want to get used to looking at chess engines. Once you get used to looking at chess engines, stupid chess engines, you're never going to trust yourself ever again. That's why H1 tells you, hey, before looking at the chess engine to see what you messed up on, uh, I think I did this on how to accept your losses, but... Once you lose a game, go check back on your game by yourself first and figure out what you messed up on your own before you look up the chess engine, because that's how you really work that brain and get it going. But I digress. And I just want to make sure to tell you to never back down from a good challenge. If your opponent does a sideline, that should get you more pumped up. That should be like a, a battle, a war cry. That's like, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready for this challenge. I'm ready to learn something new. Don't think about it as losing. Losing hurts. I know. Losing is losing. But if you think about it as just a learning experience, then you can get through the losses and improve yourself and get better with each game that comes. After a hard middle game, my mindset, I usually go into the end game. And depending on the situation, I rely on my intuition, mostly in end game principles. Sometimes, sometimes I try to go for a win in completely drawn positions, which I've learned my lesson on some of them. Some of them, you shouldn't be going for a win, but I don't regret doing it. I don't regret learning from those. Now I know when to go for a win in certain positions. To get better at endgames and not to panic at endgames, you have to learn your different types of positions. For example, you have to learn how to deal with pawn rook versus pawn rook type of endings. Or if your opponent is up a pawn, how can you get a draw? Or if it was a opposite color bishop ending. Or knight versus knight ending. If you're prepared, then you can get through this. And some of these, I'm not going to tell you which ones because I, I know y'all, I, some of y'all are really good players and I played some of you. And y'all be going against H1 but H1 don't be studying his end games as much. Not the specific ones. I know all my rook endings but my let me just say my night night end games are trash and it's important because I know that the night night end games is pretty much like the King pawn end games where it's just King pawns and usually when it's just King pawns is very decisive you' you should know if you're getting a a draw win or loss before you get into those types of end games. So when you get into a night-night endgame, it might just be automatically losing if your pieces aren't at the right spot or if you're down a pawn. And, yeah, recently, my night game's been trash. I might just have to revoke my, my night privileges. <laughs> For real. Um, but... Have you ever experienced an endgame where you're losing in the endgame? Do you know how much pressure that is when you're losing an endgame? You're down a couple pawns or it might seem like your opponent is winning and you're just sweating bullets. In those critical moments, even if you're down an exchange, there's always a possibility That you'll get that draw. There's always a possibility that you'll get that win. I know on Leeches, I was just playing just the other day. And I got a win. Because my opponent decided to mess up. Just move after move. So I'll never give up. And we're all in over 2,000 rating. It happens on every level. I I feel like you should stop... (laughs) I feel like you should stop going till the end if you're facing grandmasters over 2,600. But for us people, us normal chess players who are just trying to have fun and learn things and climb up the rating ladder to at least get over, over a certain rating, maybe over 2,000, yeah, I would fight till the end. No matter what, I do not care what people's feelings are about that. (laughs) But just know that H1 is always going for a win. Now, this is pretty much my thinking during a whole chess game. This is how the majority of my chess games go. But, like I told you, out of the opening, I can go to comfortable games, or my opponent could send me to an very wild jungle type of game. Pretty much you have to treat each chess game as a different game. And remember, especially online, that you might be facing a different person each round. And you're going to be going through different feelings, different emotions, on different move counts, Unless you're playing the same opening that you played in the other game, which is very rare because everybody plays their own game. Everybody plays differently. But always for humans to play chess, there are some things that you can not get rid of. And those are the emotions. Keep those emotions. You don't want to set them aside completely we have emotions for a reason as humans so that we're able to love and be excited and to be fear fearful to be scared it's a warning from our brain we need to use that reaction and let me just let you know it's not just you that is feeling pressured it's your opponent too You're both is under the pressure, but in chess, it's all about who is going to crack first. This is the Waiting Room Segment, Chess Jokes, by H1. And the joke of today is, what did the pirate say to the other when he beat him in chess? Check, matey. Did you hear that last part? I said, check, matey. Yeah, I I know you heard it that time. Thank you for listening. Let's get down to business, boy. I just have to come in so, so sly on this segment. But anyway, let's get into some common pressures that people have to deal with while playing chess. First of all, I want to deal with all those people that are facing higher rated opponents. I hate facing higher rated opponents because I feel like their pressure is on me to win and there's like no specific pressure for the higher rated player. I guess the only pressure for the higher rated player is to not lose against the lower rated player, which i it's a tough pressure. I mean, it's tough to deal with, but I feel like they have the advantage because usually what happens is the lower rated player gets so nervous, gets so so much anxiety over it that they eventually just crack under the pressure. We want to stop that cracking under the pressure. You can be just I didn't say that right. You can be just as good as that opponent that you can never beat, that brother that you can never beat, that dad that you always wanted to defeat. You can be stronger to them. You can put the pressure on them on the chess game and make them think, Hey, you're playing some good chess and I'm going to have to go serious on you. This is what happens when you're facing a lower-rated player. I, I know this because I lost to a lower-rated player just recently. I was playing this lower-rated player. I was playing some moves. I, I was pretty skeptical about all their moves that they was doing. And they did this one move. I was like, man, this is garbage. This is trash. This is something that H1 can handle very easily. So I did my move. I was like, okay, let's get it. Boom, bop, boom. Yeah, I lost that game. And I lost that game because not only was I getting down on time because my opponent was playing good moves afterwards, but I didn't see a specific tactic. That one tactic I didn't see. And then I just lost my queen and I had to make things happen in a losing position. And my opponent did really well not cracking under the pressure of winning, of trying to win, or being cracked under the pressure of trying to win against a higher rated player. My opponent was pretty good. And I didn't even know them because it was online chess. And I felt Like crap. But it was a big learning experience for H1. H1 needs to stop underestimating people. (laughs) You got to face everybody with full force. I don't care if it's a baby. Beat that baby. Take all the baby's pieces and get non cleans on that baby. I do not care what you got to do. Just get the dub, get the win. I don't care if it's your own daughter. Tell your daughter to, hey, take those tears out of your face, calm down, everybody lose, we get it, win, loss, no participation trophy, not up in here. Now, one other pressure that people have to deal with is a tournament pressure. Tournament pressure is big because not only is it just you that is pressured to win games, but... Everybody, everybody is looking at you. The parents are looking at you. The kids are looking at you. The the people that are playing right beside you are looking at your game. The, The tournament director is looking at your game, especially if you're the last player that is left. hate when people stare. I wish I wish that there was a there is a way that I could just be weird and stare right back at them. Just just to be weird. I always wanted to do that, but I decide not to. That would freak a lot of people out. But I, I hate the tournament pressure. And that was a hard thing to deal with. But as you Put yourself in the chess game a lot more, asking questions, calculating variations, making sure that you see all of your opponent's threats, then you stop caring about everything else and just worry about the chess game. Unless there's some loud baby out of nowhere that just wanna be loud out of just just screaming. Just pick the a day to scream out loud in 60-degree weather. Like, the weather even mattered. Like, you needed to know about the weather. But it was usually good weather. Yeah, it it sucks. You know what else sucks? That I remember when I was at a chess tournament. And I was playing the last round. And the, the thing that I hated doing at a chess tournament. And this is why I strive to win each game. Is because... When you lose a game, you have to experience going up to the podium. First of all, you got to reset the pieces, even though you're angry that you lost. And then you got to go up with the opponent that just wiped you off the board, that beat your tail and go up to the table. And then they'd be like, "Okay, what's the score? And you'd be like, I lost. And then you just see disappointed faces. I hate that mess. I hate that mess. They need to stop doing that. Stop being, stop being biased. Don't expect, don't expect anybody to win or, or lose. Just be like, okay. But, man, I can see facial expressions. And maybe th- that might just be because I was a bit emotional as a teenager. But what teenager wasn't emotional? Is H1 giving himself excuses? Is H1 not taking 100% responsibility for his actions? Yes to both of those. (laughs) Yes to both of those. Okay, another pressure is when you have to win the game. And this goes along with the tournament too, when you have to win the game. The last round, both you and your opponent... Won all the all their games. You don't want to draw. You don't want to share first place. That's the thing. You don't want to just leave it up to grabs. Or usually in tournaments, I know in grandmaster tournaments they have an Armageddon or just another bonus section where the the first the first place players, the first place contenders, have to battle a ele- Battle it out again, maybe do some rapid games or blitz games. But in the tournaments that I was going to, they left it up to chance by the computers who faced better opponents and whatever crap. And I didn't like that, so I went for the win. And I hate that pressure because you have to change up your whole mentality. You have to change up even the opening that you do. You don't want to do a boring opening. When you have to win, don't play the two nights game. Get that out of here. You better be playing some type of Roy Lopez or Sicilian. Even, I guess nowadays you can play the London. The, the London has been played successfully by Alariza, but just play, just playing for the win. That pressure is is hard to deal with. It, it sucks. Okay. Three more pressures be a long time. People freak out when they're long time and they do all types of mistakes. Blundering queens, blundering rugs, forks, pins, whatnots, checks, even checkmates. It all happens under low time pressure. That's why it's not a good idea to live off the increment. And an increment is basically if you have three minutes but it's 3-2 so for each move that you play you get a 2 second increment back on your time and you don't want to live off the increment that's when everything goes down your whole position even if it was winning if you don't play the right moves you do one slip up it's all over it's all gone H1 experienced that once bullet chess pressure, playing shorter time control games, and blitz chess. Many people aren't used to playing faster time control games, and it can rush you into thinking that you need to play quicker, dumber moves, which, no, you just need to calm down. And I guess I already talked about this, but I'm just going to say it because it's on the outline, and the nervousness of losing to a person that is lower rated than you, we touched already on that. It's embarrassing for both players. First of all, the lower rated player might think that they can win against you again, and which I had that happen to me before. And then I beat them like the next three rounds, and then they're wondering why they lost the next three rounds, even though they beat me the first time. And then I'm like, well, you just got... Basically, that opening that you did the first time got was better than the rest of your games that you played that you wasn't comfortable with. It could be a whole slot of things. That first game, you was going for a weakness. and the other games, you clearly wasn't going for anything. <laughs> it just makes everything awkward. There's different situations like that. I promise you there is. H1 knows. (laughs) This is the waiting room segment. Chess quotes by H1. And the quote of today is... Chess is a war over the board. The object is to crush the opponent's mind. This quote is by Bobby Fisher. Thank you for listening. Okay, I just want to not leave you hanging. Because H1 doesn't leave you hanging. This isn't Hangman, you know what I mean? So, I'm going to give you some tips on how to deal with these type of pressures and how to get over them. If you want to stop losing when you're down on time, I'm going to tell you. If you want to stop losing to these higher rated players because you just feel anxious all the time or nervous, feel pressured. Don't feel pressured. I'm here. Let me push them off of you. <laughs> let's get into how we can release the pressure first of all all the things that i'm going to be talking about is preparation before the game preparation before you get into these situations is key is this is pretty much what is most important now preparation is key so knowing your openings knowing your middle game knowing your end game principles All these principles, opening principles, middle game principles, end game principles, it would make the job way easier. You need to feel confident when you're in an end game and you have a winning position. You need to feel confident that you will demolish your opponent no matter what circumstances they are. In the middle game, if you have an awesome attack, you need to be confident that you will execute that attack no matter what happens make sure that their king is demolished. Even in the opening, I shouldn't have to say this, but if you don't have a good opening, then how are you supposed to play a good middle game? So when you get into a game, you need to know your openings. And when H1 says, know your openings, I do not mean to memorize moves, memorize ideas. Don't memorize moves, memorize ideas, don't memorize moves, but you need to know your openings right off the bat. Know what's playable. Know the name of your opening. No, just take care of your baby. Treat your opening like your baby. And, you know, you would want to take care of your kid, right? You would want to feed it the right type of milk. Maybe you're an organic person. Maybe you don't want to go to McDonald's. (laughs) You get what I'm saying. As H1, know all these phases of the game, and you'll feel the pressure just ease off of you. And as H1, my goal is to get you to get to a board, any type of board, online or over the board, and just feel like a king, man or a woman. Just have a crown on your head and have that... Have that jacket that all kings have in the old days and you're all straight. You're all set. And when I say be prepared for the opening, be prepared on the black side and white side. Your number one goal is to feel comfortable because you get to decide the game if you know what type of openings you are playing. And I have a whole episode on chess openings if you need any hindsight on what you're supposed to do on that little aspect now there's other things you can do you can do mental training i got the visualization training on deck for you already so if you want to train like that you can that would help you out with calculating so you don't basically going panic mode when you start calculating something and then all the pieces get jumbled up and then you're like where did all the pieces go i can't calculate calculate anything this is horrible this is insane i'm gonna lose this game ah this is so irritating that's what i'm trying to prevent from happening h1 is with you you just gotta listen to him the more experience you have playing games and playing tournaments, it will ease the pressure for the rest of your future games, unless you stop playing chess for five years. But if you start playing chess continually each day, starting now, you would be an awesome player, confident player. Even if you play twice a week or three times a week, when you play at a time where you have quiet where you have quiet. Play at a time where you're most relaxed, ready to take a challenge. If you just do that, get that experience in right quick, get those skills in, then you would definitely feel more comfortable. It's kind of like, let me give a good example. It's kind of like when you first learn how to do math, when you get comfortable with problems like one plus one because you know it equals two you know it equals two now there's no doubt about it in your mind nobody's going to tell you that one plus one equals 67 nobody's going to tell you that you know it equals two i want you i want you to get as comfortable as you are with your math with your games and that's what experience will do for you And one secret hint for everybody that's trying to get better, increase their rating and stuff like that, and and increase your rating in different time controls too, you need to find the right openings to play in different time controls. Some openings might be a little bit too complicated for time, for different time controls. Maybe you don't want to go into a sharp openings when you're playing bullet games you don't want to go into a dragon if you don't know any of the main lines by heart in a bullet game that's horrible play something that you can learn easily like the london or something and you're all straight you're all set and that's an expert advanced tip for you when you're playing different time controls but anyway hopefully these tips will help you They're kind of practical. You get it? Practical, just like my other episode. (laughs) Ha, ha, Oh, man. I just love doing this, you know. Hopefully these can release the pressure for you. And I guess I could do one more tip. If you ever feel like you're surprised at any moment by your opponent just sit back, relax, take a breather, just take a breather, just take one breather, because usually it's not the first mistake that gets you, it's not the first mistake that loses the game for you, it's usually the second one, that's some deep stuff right there, make sure that, make sure you give H1 some credit for that. Hey man ah H1 H1 I know I know I know this season it's almost to a close it's almost ending I'm so sorry h1 feels bad but i am gonna miss you i am gonna miss you when it ends but it's not ending yet boy i still got how many more episodes i think like 15 you know what i mean no i'm just playing like like two if i'm counting it right three i don't know i don't know we'll see but just because the season's gonna end doesn't mean that you can't you can't talk to me I plug those Facebook Instagram things in there so the break doesn't seem that bad I need you to have different content to look at I I don't want to just leave you out hanging I put the plug in there for you <laughs> so basically I wanted to say thank you for watching thank you for listening I appreciate every single one of you that, has been a part of this podcast experience for the past seven months wow it's amazing to me because even seeing the plays go up to 20,000 it's mind boggling pretty much yeah it's mind boggling and Please follow so that you can get the instant notification once I drop a episode. And once you follow, then you're all set. You're all set for me to be here every Tuesday at the time that you want me to be here. (laughs) So, okay. A teaser for next week. Maybe. I don't know yet about time you get this recorded, I'm going to have it out, but I I don't know yet. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be a good one, though. I I promise you that. It's going to be a banger. Okay. Thank you for listening, for getting to this point. Peace.